Psalms are just showing us whatever we're facing, yes, we need to talk to God about it, but we may need to spend just a few seconds, 30 seconds, it doesn't take long to do this, but stop and say, oh my soul, why am I so preoccupied with the horizontal perspective here? I need to get the vertical perspective, get myself thinking right, and then have that needed conversation with God. From Tri-State Bible College and the Appalachian Ministry Institute, this is the Level Paths Podcast. My name is Chris Weigel, and we're glad you've taken some time to join us. At the time of the recording of this podcast, the COVID-19 pandemic is seemingly winding down. No new variants have popped up, and the population in general is getting a better handle on dealing with the virus. Nonetheless, some people are still getting sick, and there is good reason to keep a watchful eye on COVID-19. The good news is, though, if cases spike again, we're getting better at managing them. So with COVID-19 beginning to scroll by in the rearview mirror, we're starting to look back and say, wow, what has happened? We can't deny the fact that the pandemic has left its mark and the mental health community is seeing the results firsthand. Mental health professionals and pastors are helping folks heal and move on. On this Level Paths episode, Rex and Dr. Matt are with Pastor Brad Brandt from Wheelersburg Baptist Church in Wheelersburg, Ohio. Pastor Brad is a certified counselor, and his approach to Christian counseling could very well have you talking to yourself, <laughs> but in a good way. Here's Rex. It's good to be on another Level Paths podcast. Today, we'll be talking about COVID, not from a biological perspective, but focusing on how COVID is affecting people, specifically spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. We'll be doing so from the perspective of a local church pastor who's also a biblical counselor. Pastor Brad Brandt's been with us once before. Pastor Brad, how are you? I'm doing just fine, and it's a joy to be back with you, Rex and Matt. Thanks for the opportunity. Brad, it's great to have you back. And as we think about biblical counseling, this is a very unique approach in answering questions and answering really the questions of life. As we look around and we see the effects of COVID, most of us believe that COVID would be gone long ago. And it's not. It's changed our life. It's changed the way that we look at the world. And it's changed the way that we pastor. And so really, we wanted to talk to you today about as a pastor how are you approaching dealing with COVID and how would you advise others from a biblical perspective to face COVID? That's a, such a relevant question. Our world is different today, obviously, because of COVID. There's so many ways we could approach that. We could talk about how COVID has affected the church in terms of masks, no masks, use of technology. Uh, I want to talk to you about how COVID is affecting us personally. And I have a couple of types of people in mind. I think, first of all, about there are a lot of people who are struggling with how to respond to COVID. And so we've got issues like anger and anxiety and fear and uncertainty and distrust. And I use that word intentionally. You may be struggling right now. In some cases, a stronger word is needed. You may be paralyzed by what's happening with COVID. And then I'm thinking about there are many people who are really doing quite well, and I don't want that statement to be misunderstood. I'm talking to some of you right now that you're dealing with anger, fear, anxiety, certainty, and so forth, but you're dealing with it and you're functioning well with it. God's being honored in your life with it. So when I think about COVID, that's 
what I think about, and I think that's the what we need to maybe give some attention to today, just the two types of people, everybody's feeling the same types of things, but some are responding to it and dealing with it. God's getting on and others are just paralyzed by it. So how do you help a person who's struggling with things like what you mentioned? Let's talk about the first person, the struggler, people who are struggling with anger, anxiety, fear, uncertainty, and distrust. Rex, there's two ways I think of answering that question even. We could land the plane, so to speak, and talk about the Bible has answers for the problems of life. We could talk about what the Bible says about anger and how to deal with it, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, verses 31 and 32. We could talk about fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7, 1 John 4, 18. We could talk about anxiety and what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. And that would be very appropriate. And and we do a lot of that in our biblical counseling training here at Wheelersburg Baptist, teaching what the Bible says about dealing with the issues. Or we could back up, and really this is what's been on my heart recently, is to talk about something more fundamental that's common to all people who struggle with anger, fear, anxiety, depression, and it's the need to talk to ourselves and to do it in a very specific way. I think that's really an odd way maybe for us to think about counseling, but counseling really begins with, or at least there's a very important element of talking to ourselves. All right, Matt, do you talk to yourself? (laughs) Well, in this way, yes, I do. In this way, it's so important that when we think about talking to ourselves, you know, this isn't the voice in our head that tells us to jump off of high places, but this is rather looking to the scripture and charting the course of our life from that objective truth rather than going on off of our emotions and our feelings, which often can lead us astray. So pastor, tell us what you mean by this. We think of someone talking to themselves, wandering around, and I don't think that's what you mean. Tell us what does it mean biblically to talk to ourselves? Many years ago, back when I first became a pastor, I read chapter eight of Martin Lloyd-Jones' book, Spiritual Depression. You need to get a copy of, and you can just Google that and you'll find it, a PDF version online somewhere. But chapter eight, Spiritual Depression, Martin Lloyd-Jones, and the chapters on feelings. And he makes the point there that you have to talk to yourself. If you passively listen to what's going on in your head, you'll struggle with all kinds of things and be paralyzed by them. And that got me thinking a long time ago about that, that reality. And then as we were preparing to start the new year, I like to do a message for the church family on something to do with getting in the word of God at the beginning of the year. And I started thinking about three important words that I kept seeing in the Psalms. And they're the simple, the simple words, oh, my soul. The Lord has graciously given this to be a regular part of our vocabulary. Oh, my soul, there are six or seven different passages in the Psalms where you find it. For instance, Psalm 42, 5, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Obviously, the psalmist was struggling with some pretty intense things here. He uses the term downcast. He says his soul was disturbed within him. And what he needed to do was talk to himself. He's, oh, my soul. Seeing that in that passage, and there are five or six others in the Psalms, got me thinking about what what is so important about this act of talking to yourself. So I just crunched the numbers. 
you'll find, oh, my soul, and six or so passages, and a couple of those are repeated. So they're like 11 places you find that phrase, oh, my soul. You'll find, oh, my God, 364 times in the Psalms. We're just looking at the Psalms right now. And that just says something really powerful to me, that sometimes I'm not ready to talk to God yet because I need to stop and talk to myself and get my mind back where it needs to be, or my prayer life just ends up being a rehashing of the problems that I'm going through. That's what the psalmist does in Psalm 42, oh, my soul, and then he's ready to continue his conversation with God, and he brings his problems to God that are causing him to feel downcast and so forth. So that's what I mean, Rex, this oh, my soul language is very I think strategic, intentional, and and very necessary when we're facing things like COVID. As you've broken down, and and I have the privilege of being at Wheelersburg Baptist Church, so I got to hear this sermon, and it was it was impactful. You have about six, seven ways or times in which we should be talking to our souls. Can you go through those times and maybe expand a bit on each one? The Psalms have been given to us by God. The NIV Study Bible uses the phrase to help us make God the gravitational center of our lives. So how do I make God central to my experience when, and then when I'm going through a variety of things? And when I look at the Psalms and this, oh, my soul language, I see it used, as you mentioned, in uh, six different ways. We learn from, for instance, number one, from Psalm 42 and 43, that we must talk to ourselves when life is hard. I must ask myself why I'm downcast. I must tell myself to put my hope in God. I must remind myself that I will again praise him. He's my God and myself, my savior. We learn from Psalm 103 that we must talk to ourselves. On the other hand, when life is good, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 104 teaches us we must talk to ourselves when God seems small. The psalmist there, and if you just walk through the psalm, you'll see he praises God for his greatness at the beginning and the end of the psalm. And then in the middle of the psalm, he just reflects on God's great works. Psalm 62, we must talk to ourselves when people attack us. Boy, isn't that a relevant one today? As believers in increasingly hostile world, we're being attacked. What should we do? We could get depressed. We could get overwhelmed, but we must talk to ourselves. Psalm 62, 5, I must tell myself to wait in silence for God alone. And, and then in verses 5b through 7, I must remind myself that my hope comes from God, who's my rock. Catch the sense in the variety of experiences that we have. The psalmist is showing us by God's kindness that we need to talk to ourselves. We need to talk to ourselves when God delivers us, Psalm 116. We need to talk to ourselves when we're not sure who to trust. That's Psalm 146. So that, oh, my soul language, and I don't think that's exhaustive. I think the psalms are just showing us whatever we're facing Yes, we need to talk to God about it, but we may need to spend just a few seconds, 30 seconds. It doesn't take long to do this, but stop and say, oh, my soul, why am I so preoccupied with the horizontal perspective here? I need to get the vertical perspective, get myself thinking right, and then have that needed conversation with God. I know something that some friends and I used to say to one another, and this is when I was a new Christian, is the need to speak truth to ourselves. That's kind of what you're saying here. That's the same thing. There's been a lot of 
talk recently about the importance of, of preaching the gospel to ourselves every day. Jerry Bridges uses that language. That's the idea. I have to talk to myself. I have to speak truth to my soul. Again, Lloyd-Jones talks about if I just listen to myself passively, I end up not being in a good place. My emotions tend to control me. But as I speak to myself truth, then my emotions can respond as they ought to by God's grace, uh, where he then is glorified and I find joy in him regardless of my circumstance. And we see Paul doing this when he talks about being always full of sorrow and yet always rejoicing at the same time. How do you do that? Well, he's speaking truth to himself about what's going on in the immediate uh, painful circumstance. Let's say I identified the when of the, oh, my soul, and I have the talk with myself, speaking truth to myself, and then I move to talk to God because there's a third step, right? Oh, oh, my people. So what does that move to then talk to God look like? And then that next one, Oh, my people, we know that biblical counseling is really targeted discipleship. That's something you've said before, and that's how I'm thinking about it. And so there's something for the one who has had to say, oh, my soul, and then met with God. There's something that person has to say to God's people, I think, right? Yeah. So two parts to what I hear you ask in there, Rex, and the Psalms show us how to do this. So like Psalm 103 starts verse one and then ends the last verse of the Psalm with this, oh, my soul language the use of, oh, my soul, you actually say it to yourself, oh, my soul, I'm stopping myself right now. I'm talking to who I am in the core of my being, my soul, forcing myself to stop and begin to think about something different from how I'm presently feeling. What I say to myself and then to God is modeled for us by the psalmist in the middle of the psalm. And it could be something as simple as, in Psalm 103, I begin to talk to myself and then to the Lord about his blessings. He has forgiven all my sins. He's healed all my diseases. He redeemed my life from destructions. He's crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He has satisfied my soul with good things. So I'm speaking to myself in order to again begin to talk to him about these things. But then as, as you pointed out, the oh my soul language, about 11 verses in six Psalms, oh my God or oh my Lord verses, 364 of those in the Psalms, and then, oh, my people, or oh, Zion, or moving outward, that language is about 14 times in the Psalms, and just the, the numbers show us the pattern of the way we should, the kind of conversations we need to be happening, first with the Lord, myself, then with the Lord, and then we can't keep this to ourselves. We need to help others or encourage others. And that's, of course, what biblical counseling is. Come alongside a brother who's not doing well and show them what can happen in their own life as it's been happening in our own life. People who talk to themselves are sometimes regarded as having some unique personality traits. But when we utter, oh, my soul, we are in a way opening up communication with God, our Father, who is awaiting that conversation with us. When we come back, how pastors need pastors, and how the Oh My Soul conversation applies to them as well. Coming up on March 24th at Tri-State Bible College in South Point, Ohio, the Appalachian Ministry Conference, fulfilling your ministry in a post-COVID Appalachia. The keynote speaker is Dr. Tom Cheney, author of Church Revitalization in Rural America. This first-ever Appalachian Ministry Conference will focus on engaging Christian ministry in Appalachia for God's glory in a world impacted by COVID-19. The day starts at 9 a.m. and includes breakout sessions, lunch, 
Q&A sessions, Appalachian storytelling, and of course you'll hear from keynote speaker Dr. Tom Chaney, Rex Howe from Tri-State Bible College, and Dr. Matt Shamlin from the Appalachian Ministry Institute. Again, the Appalachian Ministry Conference is March 24th at Tri-State Bible College in South Point, Ohio. To register, visit tsbc.edu and click on Apply Now or call 770-2520. There are so many pastors who are facing difficulty unlike never before. I mean, we're seeing churches closed down as a result of the impact of COVID. I have uh, a dear friend of mine who's, his church is just in shambles because of COVID. There are immovable objects, I guess you could say, on both sides of the aisle with this. And, and I say it that way. Those are terms that we often use thinking politically, but the reality is there's a group of people in, in many churches who they believe that we just need to buck it up and move on. And then there's another group who they're scared to death. And the pastor's trying to shepherd both points of view and yet neither side's giving. And so the pastors are often facing incredible, not just depression, but difficulty. And there's such a great need for others in the life of a pastor. And this is a time where so many pastors are pulling away, almost retreating into themselves, retreating to their homes because it's a safe, calm place. How can pastors help one another with what you've said here today? As a pastor, I'm not really ready to help another pastor or, or even my own people in the church if I'm not having this kind of conversation that we've been talking about. So like I'm struggling right now. My people are struggling People are in tension, fellow pastor, you're struggling. What needs to happen? I just don't want us to bypass this. I think what needs to happen initially and continually is this self-talk, this, oh, my soul. Because what, what I have experienced is when I see my people, and they're not mine, they're the Lord's people, but I'm privileged to shepherd them. When they're having different perspectives and they begin to share that with me, they need to see in my eyes that I'm not being affected the same way they are by the same circumstances. They need to see I'm doing okay because I've been doing this, oh, my soul talk. I may not know how we're going to navigate these next uh, few weeks in terms of working through mask, no mask, all the stuff that tends to divide people, but they need to see in my eyes that I'm confident we will, by the grace of God, navigate this. They need to see that confidence and that confidence doesn't come from within me. It comes from this, oh, my soul, that leads to, oh, my God, and then he does the energizing. And then I am ready then at that point to uh, sit down with my fellow pastor friend that's struggling and say, hey, let's walk. Let's walk through this together now. Let's help each other. We can get through this. We're not facing anything that uh, God's servants have not faced before. That's where I would go initially with that question, Matt. I, there are other things we can say, like, what do we say to that, to you, my struggling pastor friend? But I just don't want to minimize the importance of having this, oh, my soul conversation. Well, and I think that that's such an important aspect of this. Unfortunately, so little of what we call ministry that's carried out has to do with the word. 
And Mm -hmm. what we're hearing here today has a lot more to do with go back to the word. I mean, a lot of ministry has people feel as though they've been ministered to when somebody's hanging out with them, when they've taken them out to lunch. But in reality, what we find is this targeted discipleship of taking us back to the word. And so maybe that's what needs to happen from one pastor to another. There's always times when we go through difficulty and the true ministry comes as the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and penetrates our own hearts and also the hearts of a brother or sister, whoever it may be, and uses that to create greater Christ-likeness. Here's a novel thought, maybe. Yes, the Lord wants to use other people to help me in my present struggle, and some of the other people he used are dead. So here's, here's, here's one of the things that struck me. When I was thinking about this, oh, my soul, and I was looking at the Psalms, I got out my hymn book and I started looking at all of the hymns where we find the same language, the, oh, my soul, praise him for he is thy health and salvation or crown him with many crowns. I saw that language, how it helped me, uh, Matt, was as I spend time with these individuals who are now with the Lord that wrote these hymns and actually sing them, it's a way to put this into practice. They show me how to talk to my soul and then end up looking at the cross and talking to God about the cross. So, yes, it's wonderful to have a brother to sit down with, a, you know, over a cup of coffee or whatever. If you're a coffee drinker, I'm not a coffee drinker, but if you have that person to look eyeball to eye, that's wonderful. But you're like, I don't have that person right now. Okay, then pull your hymnal, hymnal off of the shelf and let that brother or sister that's now with the Lord minister to your soul as they show you how they talk to their own soul. I have found that to be incredibly helpful. I was talking to Professor Langer up here about William Cooper. He really struggled with depression, but out of that, oh, my soul talk, I assume that he participated in, he wrote some amazing hymns. God moves in a mysterious way is one of those. And just a little bit of that song says, God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. You fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break and blessings on your head. I just, I mean, he Mm. really understands the depths of what we can go through, but the resources that we learn about that are available to us in the truth of God's word. The Cooper song and others have been such a help in my own life. And I recommend that you take those poems and put your own tune to them. I've done that with that particular quotation you just gave. And learn how to speak to yourself and then to the Lord by using the words of others with a song that helps you remember it for one thing, but it connects with your inmost being. Cooper was also, he was a good friend of uh, John Newton, and John Newton was a tremendous help to him. There were times he, he didn't just struggle with depression, he, he attempted suicide. Newton was there to help him process, work through things. So we need the, oh, my soul, and but we do need brothers that will come alongside and be there for us. And we need to be that brother for those around us. So, yeah, what a great example he is to consider. Well, and that's my point with some of this, that I know pastors who are very much distraught. They're distraught over the conditions of their churches. They're distraught over the battering that their own soul has taken during this extremely difficult time. And they're ready to give up. And we need to take off that tendency 
to isolate ourselves or even the, the viewpoint of competition with a brother and put on that brotherhood. We use the terminology brother. I had a deacon once who told me, brother, we are learning to love you around here. And I, I thought that was the strangest kind of bizarre statement I think I've heard. My response was, have I really been that bad that it's taken this long? <laughs> we need as many faithful gospel preachers as we possibly can ministering. And they're being taken out. I believe Satan is using this COVID situation to take many brothers out, whether it be to destroy their soul from the constant bombardment of the enemy and using people who should be brothers and sisters in Christ and encouraging, or because they've gotten alone and through that loneliness, their confidence in their sensitivity to the Lord has just been eroded to the point of a real spiritual depression. I mean, some of the greatest ministers of all time have faced extreme, extreme depression. I mean, we heard about John Newton. I think about Charles Spurgeon and George Muller on and on we go of these guys who were really giants in the faith, but they also went through deep struggles as well. I'm going to make a confession here that'll uh, maybe stir things up just a bit, but this is my 35th year of pastoring here at Wheelersburg Baptist. When I first came to the church and found out about the local pastor's fellowship, I started going and I hated to go to the local pastor's fellowship. It was, I would come away discouraged, frustrated, Because so much of what happened, or less happened, I I think there's been changes happened in the last three decades, but often pastors' fellowships are a time to put on a smile and just to talk about how well things are going on in your ministry. I stopped going to the pastors' fellowships because that was not uh, real. It wasn't real. It wasn't helpful. If you are struggling, please realize you're not alone. And and what's most needed, and it's the most difficult thing, is you need to humble yourself and say, I'm not doing very well. And you need to reach out. I'm more than glad to talk with you. I talk with pastors regularly to say, I'm not doing very well. And uh, you'll find out that you're not alone, even as you initiate that conversation. But that's one of Satan's weapons is to get ministers to hide behind this facade of I'm doing just fine. Everything's fine. It's okay to acknowledge I'm not doing well because we're then on the journey to getting to a better place. Oh, my soul. Oh, my God. And then, oh, my people. And then together, we're ready to keep serving him. I'm so glad you said that, Brad. That first step of I am not doing very well, it's often the hardest one to take. Those words to pastors, to let them know that it's okay to say, I'm not doing well. One of the greatest things that God's put in our lives are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. And oftentimes they're right there in our local church. That's what a healthy church is supposed to be. But at other times, those churches are not healthy and are not safe places to be able to say those words. There's an expectation for many pastors that everything's wonderful. Everything's great. He's filled with T-shirt sayings that never move on to great depths of discipleship recognizing that not every day is going to be an easy, happy day. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so just because we're going through difficult times doesn't mean that we're going through something that's abnormal. In fact, that's what the Bible tells us, that that is normal. 
But because of that, we do need those who will carry the burdens that we have, who will help us carry those burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ is what the Bible tells us. So thank you for spending this time with us. I know that it's appreciated by me and it will be by others as well. Thank you, Matt and Rex. Uh, if you'd like to know more, go to wheelersburgbaptistchurch.com and you can find that particular sermon we've been talking about on January the 9th, 2022, Oh My Soul. And I, I hope that'll encourage you. And as you as you navigate this year and this COVID season we're still in, make sure you keep talking to yourself and teach your people to do the same. Another resource for all of us is the Appalachian Ministry Conference coming up on March 24th. We'll have uh, Pastor Brad Brandt there talking about biblical counseling in Appalachia. We'll also have Pastor Jacob Marshall talking to the weary and wounded pandemic pastor. So lots of opportunities, not just in the sessions, but to be together and maybe to find fellowship in a special way, maybe to hear some of the words we need to be speaking to our souls from Scripture. We look at our pastors each Sunday, and we assume that he has it all together and things are probably going pretty well. But given what pastors have had to do over the last two years to keep their churches afloat and tend to their congregations, your pastor may actually not be doing all that well. If you're a pastor, there are other pastors who are going through exactly what you are. Reach out to them. And if you're not a pastor, check on your pastor now and then and see how he's doing. And as always, and as always, as we begin moving ahead after COVID-19, and we see folks trying to put the pieces back together, you may find that you need resources related to counseling. Reach out to Rex and Dr. Matt, rex.howe at tsbc.edu and matt.shamlin at tsbc.edu. On the next Level Paths podcast. When you go into Appalachia, for a lot of people, that's cross-culture. If you came from Louisville and you go to Pikeville, Kentucky, you've crossed cultures. Pikeville is not like Louisville or Lexington or Winchester, and you have to learn that culture. The Level Paths podcast is an outreach of Tri-State Bible College and the Appalachian Ministry Institute. 